day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable Word of God? You know that part where we call the Ten Commandments, literally the Ten Words in Hebrew. They are part of the Word of God too. They're often talked about, but not always understood. And so I want to take a little time today to talk about the Law of God. And we're going to note what the Scripture has to say about it. Our verse for the day comes from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. It says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by law is the knowledge of sin." Well, we've been reading through the book of Exodus here recently in the past several days, and we came, well, you would have come as I did, to Exodus chapter 20, that great passage of Scripture where Moses meets God on Mount Sinai, and God gives him literally these ten words, uh, what we call today the Ten Commandments. Uh, They are a significant part of the entire law of God. And I think I want to take a little bit of time to help teach and explain what we mean by the law of God. Because quite frequently, unbelievers and scoffers will point to Christians and say to them, well, if you believe the whole Bible, then you believe that you ought to uh, stone uh, prostitutes and adulterers and that you ought to kill children because they, if they hit their parents or are disobedient in some way or another. And a lot of times that they want to to say, well, then uh, uh, you, uh, you uh, don't believe the Bible after all. Well, what is our response to that? It's a legitimate question, and I think that obviously, first of all, it's asked out of ignorance by those who don't understand the Bible, and I'll be quite frank, most times have never even read, <laughs> so they can't, <coughs> excuse me, they can't comprehend uh, what the Scripture is actually talking about. Let's talk about the law. Let me define it here for a moment. The law of God. What do we mean by that? Psalm 119 and other Psalms like Psalm 19. Uh, Psalm 119 is a great expose teaching on the law of God. 176 verses. Every single verse except for four verses have a word that refers directly to the Scriptures, to the words of God. Psalm 19 says that the law of God has great benefits for those who will read it. Uh, His law, it's comprehensive. It teaches us everything we need to know about Him. But let's clarify some things about the law. Number one, there's three parts to the law of God, and you need to understand this. Number one is the moral law. It is the unchanging representation of who God is. It is something that is never going to be altered. They will always remain the same. They are foundational uh, parts of the truth of who God is and what he needs us to know. We all know that in order to know somebody, to discover somebody, to, to have an understanding of who they are, you look at those things that are said, what he, what he approves and what he disapproves of. 
God gave us the moral law in the shape of those Ten Commandments. They are universal. They are not limited just to the Jews. They are reflections of his character and what he demands of those whom he has created, who he loves. And so those those in Exodus 20, those that law of God, those Ten Commandments uh, are a perfect law that covers literally every area of human existence. Every commandment is important and it joins with all the other nine as well and complements the other nine to make one complete, perfect, whole understanding of what is our duty before God. For example, the Tenth Commandment, thou shalt not covet in verse 17 of Exodus 20, depends on the first one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, in verse 3. That person who has the Lord as his only God will not covet, nor will he commit murder, nor will he commit adultery, and bear false witness, and all the other things. Now, we meditate on the Ten Commandments, uh, but do they save us? Do they make one right with God by keeping the Ten Commandments? I've had unsaved people tell me this before. When I ask them, what what do you think it takes in order for a soul to go to heaven? I've heard, had them say to me, well, I need to keep the command, Ten Commandments of God. The reality is that's false. There is no salvation in the law of God because you're never ever going to be able to keep it all. But rather, the law of God is given to reveal what we really are, and that is sinners. Romans 3.20, the Bible says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's why I need God's law. It's God's moral law is going to be the same for all time, and it's the basis for God's judgment. And it's my school teacher. It teaches me. It leads me to the fact that not only does God have a moral standard, but I'm going to be accountable to that one day because it serves as God's judgment in terms of where I stand. One of the failings that's true today in which we live is a failure of many pulpits, churches, to teach and to preach the law of God. That scene is too rigid and legalistic these days. And the reality is nothing could be further from the truth. Um, the law as given on Mount Sinai was not only for Israel, but for people of all ages. And we dare not twist it or change it or make it fit our own culture. Uh, you cannot tamper with what God has given. And God warned that too, that... Uh, uh, warned about that, that we should not do so. Um, the law, it convicts, and the Word of God instructs. Um, uh, William Newell, who was a lyricist, who we sing one of the songs that has his lyrics, said this, Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan, Oh, the grace that brought it down to man, Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span, at Calvary. So the law of God. There is a second part to the law of God, and that is more specific to his chosen people, the Jews. He gave them two extra parts to his law, and that is, number one, his civic law, civil law. It was a law that was given in order to regulate a culture and a society that was, un, that was theocentric. Uh, it was a 
a, a theocracy in the sense that God was the one who was over. They didn't even have a king until they looked around at other pagan nations and said, we want to be like them. Uh, God said that he would be their God and their king. So he gave them this civil law, and you are going to be reading about that in the Old Testament as well, because he wanted to give some framework for their culture to, to, uh, to serve him. But that leads then to a third area of law in the Old Testament. You have moral law, you have civil law, and you have ceremonial law. We also know that there's a large body of Scripture in the Old Testament that taught the Jews how they ought to approach God in worship. And I'm actually, uh, one in the next uh, podcast or so, I'm going to deal with this issue of the worship of Israel because I believe there are some great principles for us even today as the people of God. But God regulated their ceremonial law. Uh, God cared about how his people approached him. By the way, I think that same thing is true today. Um, there's so much flippancy and irreverence uh, that I think is just insulting to the face of Almighty God in the way that people think that they can approach God. I'm going to talk about that in another podcast because I have, believe it has direct bearing on uh, our churches and how we worship and I think the American church has largely forgotten it, and it's become a three-ring circus where everybody comes to be entertained rather than comes to make God preeminent and his word magnified, and we approach in a humble. But anyway, I, I digress. I'll get to that. I have a plan for that. We're going to look in the Bible about how God uh, views worship. But God had a plan for his people, and he wanted them to know that it's important how they approached God. So you had the moral law, the civil law, and the ceremonial law. How did God's people worship? How did they sacrifice? What did they do when they came before God? All of those things are so vital. Today, it's not wrong for us to meditate on those Ten Commandments, the moral law. They're still true today. No, they don't save us. But they do educate us and instruct us as a, as a school teacher would about how we can live for the Lord and be pleasing to Him. Meditate on those things today. God bless you. I'm praying for you. Walk with Christ. And don't forget 